During the pandemic, I wrote two plays that, uh, except for a couple of developmental readings held on Zoom, I have not heard or seen performed. But D. Ryan, you've written a number of plays during the pandemic, and not only did you see one of them, Broadguess, performed at the Flatwater Shakespeare Company in Nebraska, you are now performing Broadguess yourself. I have to say that I'm jealous. Yeah, no, what an adventure that was. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 861, D. Ryan's Broadguess. Selected and produced as part of Flatwater Shakespeare Company's inaugural Unshaken Festival, D. Ryan's one-person Shakespearean sidebar Broadguess features a hard-boiled Elizabethan detective working the Elsinore beat who gets too close to a series of mysterious deaths amongst the Danish royal family and ends up getting transferred to Verona, Italy. As Detective Broadgas uncovers more corpses in Italy and then in Scotland, she discovers the sick, twisted mind responsible and comes to conclusions both powerful and hysterical. Having written and now performed Broadgas, I asked Dee to talk to me about how the show came to be, what surprising discoveries she's made, and where the script goes from here. Basically wrote Broadguess on a dare because we got an anonymous, you and I got an anonymous email from someone uh, saying that Flatwater Shakespeare in Nebraska was going to have an unshaken festival. They were very smart to realize the pandemic wasn't going to last just a month. It was going to last longer. So they scheduled a show in September outside Mm -hmm. and they just wanted to have uh, 20 minute pieces that they were going to put together Shakespeare um, pieces. Yeah, it was an unshaken festival because they weren't going to be able to do full, complete productions of Shakespeare, so they would shake it up and call it unshaken. But they wanted these new pieces. Yeah, and um, we are part of a Shakespeare group. A book club. A book club uh, where basically it's a drinking club. (laughs) With a little bit of reading and um, and actually some delicious meals, um, and so we had we had just finished in the November prior to that we finished the whole canon right. uh, in our garage. Yeah, if uh, I remember correctly, um, in the November of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It, it, sitting outside eating tomato soup and cheese sandwiches. Yeah, in not the, in the, the best meal. It was a great meal, but it was during the winter time, and we still managed to be in the, in a semi-heated garage, not necessarily. Yeah, so we're trying the, to be safe in a pandemic. Yeah, with the garage door open. Yeah, I mean it's amazing to think about all of that now. So uh, we had finished that, and uh, Shakespeare was on my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like part of broadcast came from my sort of satirizing the idea that who was Shakespeare? Yes, I see. And so I, in as Broadguess, it's named Broadguess, take a broad guess that (laughs) Shakespeare perhaps was uh, a malignant character, Mm. uh, a Mm. nefarious criminal mastermind of plot, Mm. and not um, 
uh, jovial, hardworking um, nerd. <laughs> well, those things aren't mutually exclusive. No, they he could have been both. You're right. Yes. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, right, right. It's an It's so. Is it so? Is it fair to say that Broadguess is your deconstruction of Shakespeare the Man? Yeah, Shakespeare, the writer, uh -huh. the producer, yeah. the great artist. Yeah, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And I don't... It's I mean, the great this, artist theory that you have a problem with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I think he probably, you know, <clears throat> put his pumpkin pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. So, uh, yeah, and not a great dad, let's face no, it. No. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, hung around with... Yeah, also, I'm and not a great sonnet writer. I said it. Wow. There. Take me. Wow. That's take me hot, down. That's a hot take. Emily Dickinson wrote 1,500 poems and she hid them in a trunk because no one would publish them. He wrote like 154. Really, pretty much the same poem over and over again, and right. made some and made some real cash off of it. Yeah, I got some issues. Yeah, clearly, you do. Um, but but I, I, I it's it, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I've read Broadguess in many of its drafts and I've seen it now several times, and it didn't. I I never really put it together that it was not just Detective Broadguess working through their crap. It's D Ryan working through her That's crap. Right. And in the end of Broadguess, who uh, I mean. Who ends up being Shakespeare? Well, yeah. Well, who ends Just some random guy in the audience. Just as Shakespeare could be some random dude. Well, and it's not even... I mean, like the best sort of stories, it's open-ended. Is it really? Is Shakespeare really that per random person in the audience? <laughs> or is that just... A, 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 you know, a stand-in for a man that we can never really know. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think that's that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. As much as I'm making a broad guess mm. about who I'm trying to discover uh, in this story, so is everybody else making a broad guess of who Shakespeare is. And people are making huge, li huge livings off of it. Um, so why, why shouldn't I? It's one thing to see it, to see it done. It's another thing to, after having written the lines, to then try to memorize the lines and perform it yourself. Have you learned different things from... Ah, uh, uh, the age-old question, how do you memorize all the lines? No, that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> have you learned different things? Have you, have, has, has Dee the actor uh, been ever been pissed off at Dee the writer? Um... This is interesting. As you know, I have a one-woman play that is way longer, and that one, the D, the writer, just got in the way of D, the actor, and it became, I mean, they had to break up. They couldn't They couldn't sustain each other. It was, it was a bad combination. Uh, I think this is easier. This was definitely easier because it's shorter. Yeah, um, yeah. And... Um, because it is it is comedy driven and that was that was more act that was more real storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Right. So part no, of it is yeah, it's a it's a lot more punchline driven. So it's more fun to do. Yeah. Um, but you are totally I mean, I've seen you do it twice. So the second time was just a section of it. But 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 um it plays as both a theater piece and as we discovered, as kind of a stand up piece. Because you, you did it once just in front of a open mic microphone. 
a solo microphone. And that was really exciting and very, very funny. Uh, yeah, no, that was really funny. And uh, you were there because when I walked out on stage, I had a microphone and a spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And my reaction was, this is a theater piece. Um, turns out. <laughs> turns out, oh, yeah, microphones are fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... But did you find that there were there were there were parts of the story that were missing? Did you find in the performance of it that conclusions were uh, inaccurate or or different from what you had originally conceived? Did the acting of it inform the the after the fact writing of it? Um. Uh, yeah. Well, that's actually I we did dis I did discover because Barb Wallace, uh, Jeff Award winning Barb Wallace, uh, directed me in it, and that was really helpful because she's a great writer, comedy writer, and she has a good eye. Um, and yeah, we found that it really is a woman's point of view of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes from Ophelia to Juliet yeah. to to really Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, it's so though, but we found by the time we got to Lady Macbeth, we had to kind of switch it up a little bit. That well, was, you switched it up to three other women. What do you mean? Because it's the, the witches. The witches. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it actually is a lot about my relationship with the witches. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Uh, I don't Another know. self-portrait, if I may be so bold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the interesting thing. It is a female take on the characters. And then, I mean, now that I'm saying it, I'm like... Interesting, right. You learn about the text by writing it. You learn about it by um, performing it. You learn about it by uh, messing with it. And you learn about it by podcasting about it. Yeah, that's right. I am. (laughs) I'm definitely learning about it, yeah. Hi, this is Mia Gosling, creator of Shakespeare webcomic Good Tickle Brain, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll perform the complete history of comedy abridged three times in North Carolina next month at the Blumenthal Center in Charlotte on July 13th and 14th, 2023, and Appalachian State University on July 16th, 2023. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, or our Facebook page or Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Dee Ryan, talking about her script, Broadguess, and where it goes from here. What happens next with Broadcast? Has, has anybody been helpful enough to say, um, oh, you know what you should do is you should perform this at a Shakespeare theater. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, we were just laughing about this. Um, I am working on, because I'm an improviser, mm-hmm. uh, I am working on an improvised beat in the middle that I'm not I'm not super happy with mm. and I really because I'm an improviser I need to work it out on stage yeah so I'm looking forward to other shows right so I can do that because yeah there's the learning of the there's the learning of the there's the writing of the text there's the learning of the text and finding your journey through the text and now for me it's like what other fun things can I create within the structure that I have now? Uh, I do want to tell you that when I did Flatwater Shakespeare, uh, originally I 
met with the woman who was supposed to direct it in Nebraska. And she, first thing she said to me is, what was the play about? And I just lost my temper. Oh, dear. <laughs> because to me, that's the director's job. <laughs> um, and uh, not, to, not to explain it to you, but to come in with an opinion about yeah, what the play is what about. Is your, what are you going to do then? Yeah, what do you what think? Am, of- what am I doing? Am I directing the show? Yeah. Um, and, but... In a way, it was also good for me to ask myself, what is the play about? Yeah. I mean, do you feel that way when you write stuff? Like you write, because when you write it, you don't want to, where's Shakespeare? I would love for him to, (laughs) you know, because when you're writing the play, you start out with an idea and then you write the play. Then Then you have something written on paper, but it's not the same thing you set out to write. Not necessarily. You write it and then you then you read it and you go, oh, this is what it's about. Oh, I, I started out writing one thing and I ended up writing something else. Or, yeah, yeah, I en- yeah. or I ended up writing something else. And that's why you have a director. Yeah. Because they're going to direct you in what's happening. But yeah. to have a director who is, who says, yeah. what is this about? And I'm sure they were asking it sort of rhetorically, but yeah. it was just... It set me really quite on my. No, no, I think you wanted to. You want a director. You want any partner to say, creative partner to say, this is this is what I think the piece is it's about. A much better way to start a conversation. Yeah. Also, like you said, it it's a relationship. Yeah. You don't ask a. You don't start a relationship by saying, "Why should I love you?" <laughs> That's right. That's right. How many kids do you want? Yeah. yeah. You start by saying something you really like about it, your opinion about that. This yeah. is just a lesson for all, all people in relationships. That's right. All the, yeah, all play all playwrights looking for directors, all directors working with living playwrights. And, yeah, well and, that's the thing. This is this was an uh, I I wrote the script. This yeah. is your audition. And yeah. you failed that audition for me. Yeah. Why yeah. should I work with you? And it's hard. Because it's your baby. Yeah. You want someone to take good care of your baby. You don't want them to look at it and go, this is really, you know, what is this? Yeah. It's been played in front of a Shakespeare, very Shakespeare-savvy audience in Nebraska who got all the deep-cut jokes. It played to a very sophisticated sort of storytelling audience in Chicago um, where... Uh, everything got laughs and then it played to a sort of a stand-up audience where the big most obvious things got great response but also just your energy changed because you suddenly had a microphone in your hand you you adjusted your performance to fit the audience and the and the moment the venue yeah I mean it's Looney Tunes Shakespeare so you don't have to know the references uh you you everybody knows who Romeo and Juliet is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So, yeah. So we don't have to be super high level. But one of the places I performed was in front of an improv audience. Mm. That was the toughest audience. Well, well. Since you say that, why do you think that Broadcast needs an improv section? Um. Well, I, I think the reason I think it needs an improv section is because I do think that Shakespeare worked with the audience. I think mm, it's, yeah. I feel like my instinct is the reason that I sort of was really mm. engaged with Shakespeare was the fact that it's coming out of a commedia dell'arte tradition and that the comedy is is very broad. Um, 
Uh, so, and he, and it was, they didn't have a fourth wall and they were doing it with the audience involved. Uh, for instance, I mean, in, and they're improvising it because yeah. Crab in the, in one of his first plays with a dog, I mean, yeah, yeah. that is not written. That is clearly an improvised bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're talking to the audience. They would have talked to the audience. I talked to the audience, but I also think that they would do bits with the audience. And the porter, the drunken porter in yeah, the back. He's, yeah. yeah, he's doing all the dick jokes yeah. and he's yeah. talking to the audience. And I think we, we get so, you know, we get so heady about Shakespeare. Precious. But he's, yeah. he really was for a common audience. It, yeah. It, well, yeah. a broad audience. Yeah, yeah. a broad audience. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of just... I feel like my instincts are there needs to be that sort of audience interaction. Also, I to me, I see I see this as a festival show, which probably he did too, uh, for some of the shows, mm-hmm. not maybe not for the histories or whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, but for his comedies, yeah. and I feel like that's the sort of thing that you do there. Yeah. It's a totally different. It's not sit in the seat. It's engage with me and know that. Anything could happen at any moment. And that's sort of the presence of it. The fun of the presence of being together is that something might happen. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. D. Ryan's broadcast is available for your theater to produce, and you can reach out to D on LinkedIn or on Instagram at broadcast. Then send us your Shakespearean sidebars via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. Thanks as always to Shakespearean basement bar Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Christiana Conley, no reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Mia Gosling, whose Shakespearean stick figure webcomic can be found at her website, goodticklebrain.com. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 861-2583rds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. So broadcast is not just Shakespearean uh, in subject matter. It's Shakespearean in tone and style as well. It's a mixture of comedy, seriousness, scripted text, and improv. Absolutely. And it's satire. Yeah. Uh, and as, which I think a lot of what he was writing was satire. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, the whole Macbeth, Macbeth section is satire. Yeah. Which is what I think he was, a lot of Macbeth was also about, yeah. Yeah. whether he meant to or not. Yeah. Um, and there's a film noir style to it, which I feel like a lot of Shakespeare is as well. <clears throat> uh, because the noir is a, a place where the hero is not necessarily a hero. Oh, right. Um, and I feel like that's what he's really good at as well. Thank you.
This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.